It's time for left, right, and center. Jeff Schlemmer joins us, a uh, lawyer with Neighborhood Legal Services, um, and a gentleman who generally speaks, generally speaks generally for the left side of the political spectrum, and uh, equally solid on the right, however solid that is, because neither of these gentlemen is what I would call absolutely doctrinaire. They do agree on uh, a number of issues, but representing, generally speaking, the right side of the political spectrum, uh, Robert Metz, very involved in Freedom Party and a very outspoken uh, uh, commentator on the political life of our country, province, and city for a number of years. So welcome to both of you again. Glad to have you here. Morning, Folks, I should mention one more time, if there are any questions or issues, rather, that you'd like to have dealt with on Left, Right, and Center, that you'd like to hear our, uh, our guests discuss or debate, please do drop us a line here at the radio station at 743 Wellington Road South, N6C4R5, and we'll do our best to get them uh, in front of the guys. There is one issue this morning that I don't think we can avoid, uh, and I don't think we want to avoid it. It seems to be a natural for today, and that is the role of the human rights commissions at both the federal and provincial level in our lives. Uh, the ruling of the Ontario Human Rights Commission relative to the mayor created a lot of discomfort in this community, and I must confess that some discomfort with me too. I'm not a big fan of the human rights tribunals, and I put that out just right off the top, only to say that I was somewhat uncomfortable with the fact that the mayor was held accountable by this particular group. Um, I'm not sure that they are representative of the best interests of our community or not, uh, but I'm hoping maybe uh, our guests today can try to sort that out for me. Maybe by the end of the program I'll either be convinced of that or convinced that it's absolutely not the case. Uh, Jeff Schlemmer, let's start with you, if we may. I think we started with Bob last week. The role of the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal, let's look at the Ontario one. Um, what do you see as the positive elements of that role? Well, I guess uh, the Human Rights uh, Commission and Tribunal uh, enforce the law that has been passed, and uh, we have a human rights code that is similar to a criminal code in the sense that both set out certain responsibilities that citizens uh, have in our community. Um, you know, whether people agree with them or don't agree with them, we have laws that say, you know, you're responsible for not killing people, and we also have a law that says you're responsible for not discriminating against people unless there's a darn good reason, uh, and those reasons are set out in the code. So, for instance, if you're a different color than everybody else, or you're a different gender uh, than somebody else, or a different sexual orientation, you're not supposed to discriminate against them. So the role of the commission is to enforce that part of the law. The difference between the federal and provincial commissions, as I understand, is that the provincial commission deals with provincial law. And what happens is that the Human Rights Code uh, says that all provincial laws are subject to the Human Rights Code. And similarly with the federal commission, if there are federal laws, the federal commission, uh, or the federal Human Rights Code applies to all of those laws and sort of Every law that there is is uh, subject to the Human Rights Code. It has to comply with the code. And then anybody who's acting pursuant to a law has to act in accordance with the Human Rights Code. Bob Metz, there's, uh, there are many people who disagree with uh, certain elements of, the, uh, of uh, the Constitution and the Charter of Rights and so on and so on for a variety of reasons. Um, they are certainly free to do so. We have not seen across this country any l large outcry against it. There's no major public move to change it which suggests that there's probably, at least by acquiescence if no other way, an acceptance of this kind of broad moral 
position that's taken on the vis-a-vis uh, -vis human rights. Well, I think you're going to see a big change. Do you, do you think so? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. going to be very visible. Uh, I think the reason there hasn't been much action on the issue yet is because most people don't know what a human rights commission is. I mean, you hear the word human rights commission, you think they're doing something for human rights. Well, personally, I've been on both sides of the human rights commission, in Ontario particularly. I represented a local landlord in front of one of its tribunals, and I learned some horrible things about living in Canada today. And uh, I'm telling you, these human rights commissions are the closest thing that Canada has to a Gestapo. I mean, short of shooting people outright, they, they have all the powers the Gestapo had, and they go around the court system. Their purpose is not to defend human rights, to, but to deny certain specific rights based on certain specific criteria. Basically, your right to a freedom of association and your right to freedom of speech. Jeff, let me, let me come back to the comment you made earlier about this being... Uh, uh, well, you didn't say it so many words, but kind of parallel to the court system and has kind of the same role, the same kind of ultimate results that it's holding people accountable for the law. What can you tell us about the procedure in the, in the human rights tribunals? My understanding is that they do not follow normal courtroom procedure. Well, the reason that uh, they, they have a relaxed procedure compared to what a court does, they're not as formal, and the reason that that exists is that since about the 60s, the trend for uh, resolving disputes in society has been to go to administrative boards and tribunals instead of the courts. And the reason that they did that uh, back from the 60s onwards was they decided the courts were too expensive, too slow, and too formal, and uh, they wanted to try and get away from that formality and have it uh, a place where you could go where you didn't have to know exactly where to sit. You didn't have but what to about the protections? That, that the system affords one. A lot of those protections are stripped away. Uh, well, I guess uh, that's always the debate with, with all tribunals, and it's the same with the Welfare Tribunal, the, the, the Human Rights Tribunal, or the uh, Workers' Comp Tribunal. You're right, there's a balance between um, procedural protections, like, for instance, that you can't lead hearsay evidence. Uh, you're not supposed to be able to come into to a uh, court and say, well, so-and-so told me blah, 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 mm -hmm. because so-and-so is not there. You can't cross-examine them. And it's true that in, a, in all tribunals, you're allowed to lead hearsay evidence. There, there are less protections for the accused. Bob, how is that negative to, uh, to our perception of, of well, liberty in this country? The fact that a tribunal would allow evidence that would never make it past the front door in a, in a court of law tends to let us know that there's something wrong with the tribunal. The reason the courts were so slow is because they were concerned with justice. And before a court of law, you have to prove a case. You have to prove that someone discriminated. You have to prove that that they did some kind of crime and it just won't work in front of a, of a regular court of law because you need evidence and you need uh, something to back it up. There is no due process before a human rights commission. They go under what they call a conciliation process and it's complaint driven. All, it ha all you have to do is file a complaint but you must be a member of one of the official, officially recognized minorities in the country. And you can file a complaint under a human rights commission and then the respondent, the person against whom you've complained, it is up to him to defend himself against that complaint. And he has to deal in, through that in a conciliation process, not whether he's guilty or innocent. That issue is never argued. The guilt is presumed Ultimately from point... Well, it can be, but it's, it's irrelevant to the case. And it was irrelevant to the case in my situation with Mr. Ilyev. They just wanted to have some sort of a conciliation to placate 
the complainant, and that's the whole thing that it's all based on. That's the other thing about the human, or about all tribunals actually, is that they're strongly based on trying to settle things, settle differences between two people, as opposed to a court which theoretically is designed to arrive at a finding of what happened and and theoretically justice. Yeah, you know how they do that? They go around and they and they have secret meetings with the person that's been complained against and try to cut deals and uh, try to circumvent the process if they possibly can by intimidating that person into giving them money, giving them free apartments or whatever else, and then the, the person knows they can't win before a tribunal because it doesn't operate under any system of objective law. It operates on opinions, uh, third-party evidence, even counter to evidence. In my particular case, the, the evidence was 100% in favor of the landlord, but they were going by the law, not by the evidence. But if that, again, everything you've said is true of all tribunals uh, to the extent that I agree with you. I disagree in the sense that ultimately the purpose of the tribunal is to enforce the law, the code. And you can talk about the code and whether that's something that we should have or not. The tribunal is sort of, uh, it's the government's imperfect way of trying to enforce that code. And there are lots of problems with the tribunal. Bob, you mentioned a moment ago you saw, talked about special interest groups or identifiable minorities in mm -hmm. the country. And there, Is there literally some kind of a list that you have to be on this list before you well, can complain? Pretty much, because you have to understand the government operates on this premise, and this is this is hilarious. Not on culture and differences in in uh, you know cultural differences. It has to be a visible issue. You have to be a visible minority. This is one of the reasons we have the gay rights issue. Gay people are not normally visible in the community, so it's in the interest of the Human Rights Commission to make them visible, so that we can have an issue to complain about and, and draw our attention to it. So. This co whole concept of visibility is about as racist a concept or as sexist a concept as I can envision in any society. To me, racism and sexism occur the moment that the government gets involved in legislating for or against. doesn't matter whether it's for or against, because in legislating for one person, you're legislating against the other one. And so any law that requires legislation or requires a decision made based on race, color, or creed is a racist law. Right. Jeff, let me ask you, because you are a lawyer, let's suppose for the sake of argument that a new uh, radio station opens in Toronto, big, big market. They're going to open a new talk radio station in Toronto. Uh, they're looking for experienced talk radio hosts. They want someone who's opinionated, etc., 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 and they approach Jim Chapman. Um, and uh, at least someone representing them approaches Jim Chapman. Someone's going around looking for potential candidates. And let's say I go down and, and uh, to check it out and, and, and I'm interviewed and so on. And it turns out that this is a, this is a station that's going to aim at a, at a black audience, a definable minority. Uh, and I am told, gee, you know, Jim, we love your work. You've got great credentials. You're the perfect guy for the job, but we need somebody who's black because, you know, it's a black station and you, you're not qualified. Could I complain? Am, am, I, am I being discriminated against? And I'm a member of not of an identifiable minority, but an identifiable majority. Could I still complain to the Human Rights Commission? Oh, sure. The, the, and, and for starters, there's, the Act does not say that you have to be a member of a visible minority. The Act says you can't discriminate against people for certain reasons. If you're discriminating on the basis of race, that's one of them. And then they don't have to be visible reasons. They can be religion, for instance. You can't discriminate against somebody because they're a Christian. Uh, it's not true that they, that they protect minority rights. They protect rights of whoever happens to be uh, being discriminated against for things that we've decided you shouldn't be. So, for instance, with women, women are not a minority. They constitute 53% of our population. But if you say, I won't hire you because you're a woman, then that's a problem. Or if you say, I won't hire you because you're a man, that's equally a problem. 643-1290 is the telephone number. Star 1290 on the Cantel. If you have any question or comments for our guests this morning, Robert Metz and Jeff Schlemmer, we'd love to hear from you. We'd like you to be a part of left, right, and center. 
This is Talk of the Town, a very special edition of it. Every Wednesday at 11 o'clock, uh, Jeff Schlemmer and Robert Metz join me in the studio for a section of the program we call Left, Right, and Center. And we invite you to join us as well. Uh, caller Jim is with us. Good morning, Jim. Yeah, good morning. Uh, Jeff made the comment that uh, the Human Rights Code was uh, enacted or put into place for color, gender, gender, and orientation. Color and gender, you have no option on. You're born with that. And it's interesting that the human, everything that's in the charter that guarantees my rights is reflected in the Human Rights Code except for sexual orientation. Yeah, but you're making the assumption, and I know you believe this, that sexual orientation is something about which you can make a, make a decision. And I submit but to you that, it, the, that there's no scientific, or at least not significant... Then why have we made it law? Why wouldn't we? I mean, color, yes, that's an absolute. We yes. know that, and gender, too. But until we can prove categorically, why should we make it law? Second question. Well, wait a minute. Well, Jim, never mind second question. Let's go back to first question. Yeah, whether we can or not, why would it make a difference? What if someone was gay because of choice or not choice? I think that issue, in terms of what rights they have in society, is irrelevant. If they if they were gay by choice or not choice, I don't think it would make any difference. Well, I, think what, it, I think it does. Uh, well, could you give me an example, like uh, what, what right should they not have? Well, we have to define right. Exactly. We have to define what rights are. I mean, I would not refuse an apartment to a, to a homosexual man or woman. I would not refuse a job to a homosexual man or woman. And I think well, there was a time to, when a lot of people would. what rights are. Yeah, but Jeff's right. There was a time when a lot of people would, and there's still a lot of people sure. who would do that. And, and, there's there's are, and I, I think they're wrong. And they may be wrong, and in an environment where it's illegal to, to discriminate against someone on those bases, if you have that as your reason, you're just going to lie to people. That's all. Exactly. But I'd my, rather my, hear the truth from somebody. I'd rather know that they didn't hire me because of the color of my skin or the size of my nose or whatever else. But unless we put a label on that individual that he was, he was engaged in homosexual behavior, we would never know what his sexual orientation is, would we? That's correct. And so, what, so why do we have it in the, in the Human Rights Code? I tend to agree with you on that point. I can't argue with you there. Second question. I guess if I could just finish on that, I think the reason it's there is that the politicians have agreed at least that it's not a good reason to discriminate against people. The same with religion. Uh, it's also something whoa, that you whoa, can choose. Polit whoa, politicians. Don't I have a right in what laws are in the country? I vote the politicians. Shouldn't I have a right what's in and what isn't it? Well, well and we've talked before about what democracy is in Ontario, and democracy happens to be electing people, but it could be one where we have plebiscites or referendums just as easily. Jim, let me ask you a question, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, your religion is not readily identifiable, so should any protections be built in for that? I mean, you can't, I can't tell from looking at you what religion you are, and yet you are protected under the, uh, under, under, the these, under these statutes and under the charter. Under the code. Yes. That is a good question. And you have a, you, you, you make a choice. You're not born a Catholic or a Jew no. or a Hindu. No. We have to be clear what we're being protected from and for what reason. Right. I think, I think you know, we have to be careful here. In a free society, we have a right to disagree. We have a freedom of association, freedom of speech, which means the freedom not to associate and the freedom not to have to say things you don't believe in, which is a situation that the mayor of the city found that's herself the issue. in. That's the entire issue. Exactly. And, uh, you know, there's no such thing. These, these tribunals and these human rights commissions, I'm just, I'm just disgusted by well, the way the, there. the OHRC has avoided the public's wrath in this whole debate. We're all polarized here with the mayor on one side and the gay community on the other. When the, when the whole evil in our community sitting here is a human rights commission, yep. these things exist to divide and conquer. They are out there to divide the community on race, on gender, on economic status. They want to deny and prohibit certain of our fundamental rights in terms of how we, you know, deal with so each other. So how was the world before we had the Human Rights Commission? Was it, uh, was it better or 
there it is now? Well, in many respects, yes. Yeah, in this better. respect, there was a London club that didn't allow gays, didn't allow blacks, and didn't allow women the, until five years ago. The London club is a private club, and if they want to be prejudiced, people with their private property have every right to be prejudiced. Mm. If Still you, do. If They're not exactly. Exactly. human rights exactly. legislation today. You know, you know, Pre Bob, prejudice is not racism. Prejudice is a personal preference. And uh, the fact that I'm heterosexual... It's never racism? Well, it can be. Racism sure. occurs when we enact laws. It's not an ism well, I think until there was racism you before we had laws. Jeff, <laughs> yeah, come on. Jeff, let me ask you this question, Jeff. Sure. If I go into your house tomorrow night, and your wife has bought a brand new rug, $6,000 beautiful rug, and I have mud in my shoes, and you say to me, Jim, take your shoes off, and I say, no, my religion allows me to... Hold on. This is my house. I, That's true. Human Rights Code has nothing to say about what oh, you do in your oh, house. Oh, look at the big issue with the with the with the people out west there and the Legion, all the huff about that. Exactly. See, well, that's the problem that, is that the Legion is not your house unless you live it's there. It's private property. Well, again, that's the, that's a controversy right now as to whether the it should apply issue, to private property. Should you be allowed to and, say and, whatever you want or discriminate against whoever you want at a club whole, that lets the public in? But the was, whole issue with the with the Legion and the Sikhs was private property, not the turbans. Yeah, but I, I don't you understand got, what you're you saying here. You, right to you say and I both Jim agree that the Human up. Rights Commission has nothing to say about that. We may have federal laws that deal with Not that. Not yet they don't. Second question. So, so, so you've got quickly, what you want. Quickly, if you can. Second, I'll make it quick. Jim made the point that he applied for a job and, and he was white at a black radio station. What about preferential hiring? If I go to apply for a job at CJBK and I have a serious speech impediment, does not preferential, treat, uh, preferential hiring requirements take precedence? Over the over the over the fact that no, I've got a right to complain because I have a speech impediment. I well, as far as I know, we don't have any preferential hiring requirements in Canada. We should. I guess one of the questions right now is a question of do people understand exactly what their rights are and what they aren't, and what the responsibilities are. So we, say we don't have, have affirmative have hiring programs in Canada. Hiring requirements. I beg your pardon? We shouldn't have any preferential hiring requirements? Well, I don't know. I would have assumed that you would say that you shouldn't have to have a, um, a workforce that's representative of the public. Like, for instance, look at judges. Oh, so, so, so you can be blind and fly an aircraft? No, I'm saying, I'm saying I would have no, thought that you would... can you be blind and fly an aircraft? Well, I can't fly an aircraft. Can you be blind and fly an aircraft? Should you? Should you? Should you? Are you saying, should? no, of course not. Well, why well, not? Well, what's your point? So, my point is preferential hiring practices take take precedence over, over handicap. Well, we don't have any preferential hiring practices in Canada. I don't should, think, though. Is, is, is it preferential to say, here, the, these are the requirements to be able to do the job? I mean, we wouldn't hire someone to be a nuclear engineer unless they'd had uh, training in that area. Exactly. That's what I don't understand, is that right now you hire a person who's qualified. That's but we've the lowered, law in Ontario. No, that's it's the law. Firefighters. We've lowered the standards for the RCMP, mm -hmm. haven't we? What do you yeah. mean by lowering them? Well, now, now you don't have to carry a man your own weight. They've lowered the qualifications and the standards. Well, not that I'm in, in order to as respect society. I, yes. <laughs> well, and the Human Rights Code and the Human Rights Commission has affected all of I would it. suggest to you that in Canada today, we're sophisticated enough that uh, the measure of a person is not how much they can carry, that there are a lot of other attributes to a no, police officer. No, but it's a lot more important than how much you, you can when carry. When your wife needs to be carried out of a burning building, yeah, when, and the firefighter, and notice it said firefighter, not fireman, I'm, I'm and, and when there's only correct. one person between you, between you and the bad guys, well, the military is another good example where you say that uh, you know you shouldn't have women in the military because they're not you know they're not able to go out on the battlefield and beat people up in the same way. However, I would suggest to you there are a lot that are a lot smarter than a lot of men who will be a lot more tactically uh, efficient than men would. But That's right. we have to get beyond these sort of broad scope things saying women can't do blah. It's just not the case. And we have to leave it there. Okay. I appreciate your calling your bye input bye. today. Thank you. And uh, John's with us. Good morning, John. Good morning. Welcome to Left, Right, and Center. How, what, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, that guy was right when he said divide and conquer. They throw the whole society, community into, like, uh, 
a mess, and they let them argue among each other while they do what they want. Sure, what the, what they do is they create all these group rights, and then I they get all those groups fighting each other, and then they stand out as the sole survivor. I'm not sure who, who they are. Are you uh, talking uh, about the government? Are you yes, talking the about government has a group. You're talking about hate groups? I don't understand. Uh, the government primarily, you know, if the government would just step out of the way, only governments should not discriminate. That is the the key rule in a free society. Individuals but are you have saying there would right be no discrimination if the government wasn't involved in no, it? No, I'm not saying that at all. There'd be a lot of discrimination. Human beings discriminate as a matter of course. We discriminate every day. That's what the human brain does. It does is not that a do bad anything thing sometimes? but turn switches on and off. Yes, okay. no, yes, no, yes, no. Well, I all suggest discrimination. that there are some times that we shouldn't discriminate. Well, I would suggest that as well, but the issue of whether you discriminate differently from me is not for me to decide what you should discriminate against. And I could say, yes, you should discriminate this way and you should do this, but the minute I pick up a club and hit you on the head, I've just abandoned civilization, I've abandoned all rules of decorum, and I've abandoned the concept of rights. But you seem to be suggesting we should have rules without any way of enforcing them. I don't see how that advances the issue. Well, the rule is that you have a right to discriminate. Let's be blunt about this. We all have a right to discriminate with our own bodies, with our own property, not with the government. Now, when you say discriminate, you mean to make choices. I can buy a red car or a green yes. car. I can choose to talk to this person today or not talk and to if, this person. And if the reason you don't want to talk to them is because of their color or sexual orientation, that's your business. Because believe me, everybody that, else exactly. is treating you. Yeah, I won't hire you because you're a Christian. That's okay from your end of things. Well, don't we have, do we have freedom of choice or not? Well, not not in this country, not well, under the human rights you go. Commission. I guess we did at one time have much more freedom, and what we saw was that people excluded people all over the place for reasons that were that had no basis in reality. I don't believe that's true for a minute. Okay. I well, don't know where you, you get your, an your idea like that. Your history of Canada is different than uh, mine. Then. Well, <laughs> can I quickly ask you one question? Yes, Jim? go ahead, John. I asked uh, Jim a couple of weeks ago about this same question. In the Charter of Rights, uh, I mean, like in the Constitution, it says Canada recognizes the supremacy of God. Can you tell me exactly what it means? I asked many people. They all say the same thing. So what does it say? What does it mean to you? I, I'm not uh, familiar with that section. I, I'll tell well, you. In the beginning, it says, Canada recognizes the supremacy of God, that he is the supreme being. Well, you know... Therefore, his laws are above ours. Well, John, I think what the what is implied by that statement, the way I've always read it philosophically, wherever the term is used, is is that our rights do not come from a from a higher human authority. Our rights are inherent in our nature, and that to me is what the concept of God in that context can positively represent. But when you start making it a religious issue, yeah, but I don't believe in it meant state when it was enacted. It was meant the supremacy of God, God of the Bible. That's what it was. I don't think the Bible's to. mentioned in the charter anywhere. I'm pretty sure about that one. No, they didn't. I think I think I think Bob's pretty close, and I would suspect that Jeff would agree too. That 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 the the purpose of that kind of phraseology is to reconfirm the idea that our rights are not granted to us by the government. By another would you person. Agree? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, like we go back to the mayor. Yeah, maybe you I don't know. know. Like I know religion is right. protected ground. She had uh, every right to deny them that, and yet she gets fined. Uh, That's okay. a big joke, huh? Thanks for the call, John. Okay. Guys, a quick question for you. We're going to pause for a moment or two, but I want you to think about this. When we come back, I'll ask for your comments. Um, suppose, for example, that uh, you were an employer and someone did come to you, and the question was raised a couple of times, they come to you because they're a Christian. Uh, not because, but they happen to be Christian, and this is a very important part of their life. Um, let's say they are a Christian who follows the, uh, the, the teachings that are followed by our mayor, for example, who has a great deal of difficulty with homosexual people. Now, she claims that she's got good friends and blah, 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 and all of that, but she's put her career on the line because she obviously has a problem. If, 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 if that person comes to work for you and you find that 
belief system objectionable. You find that lack of tolerance deeply objectionable and deeply offensive to you as an individual. The law says you cannot not hire that person because of their faith. Is that a reasonable restriction to put on? This person's beliefs offend you deeply, morally. You think this is a, this is a serious distortion of reality. You think this is a, a divisive element in our community. You think that this part of the Christian faith is a very negative and a very destructive uh, uh, thing for our society. And yet the law says you cannot discriminate. Is that fair? We're going to let our guests think about that, and we'll get an answer from them right after this. Robert Metz and Jeff Schlemmer are my guests, co-hosts actually, not so much guests on this portion of the program. We call this Left, Right, and Center. comes your way every Wednesday. And uh, we have Pat waiting on the line. Good morning, Pat. Oh, hi. How you doing? Great. Not bad. I, I was just, uh, I just got finished reading uh, Diane Haskett's statement in the paper, the paid advertisement in there. Yes. And uh, I, I, I'm telling you, it doesn't, it sort of seems like she's saying one thing and meaning another. Yes. Um, the, uh, the, the, she's in there talking about how much she respects the gays and lesbians as people and, and doesn't want to hurt them and all the rest of it. And uh, I'm telling you, what, then why doesn't she put her money where her mouth is and, and simply, uh, in, you know, simply go ahead and proclaim this thing like she would have for anything else? Well, I think that's a very good question today, Pat. Appreciate hearing from you. Guys, I want to come back to the question that I posed before the break, uh, talking about people's rights and, and uh, prejudices and so on. And, and let me paint the picture quickly for people who may just be joining us. You operate a business. Someone comes to you uh, looking for a job. They are qualified to do the job. However, they tell you that they are adherents to a particular sect of, for lack of a better example, the Christian faith. Um, a particular sect which is very anti-homosexual, anti-a bunch of other things. You as an individual find that very distressing. In fact, you find that something that you don't think you could live with. You would not want to work and share a working environment with someone who, by your lights, is narrow-minded, it's uh, exclusionary, etc., etc. According to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and stop me if I'm wrong, Jeff, uh, you do not have the right to say to that person, no, I do not want to work with you because I am deeply offended by your religious beliefs. Th that is the case, is it not? Uh, not quite, no. Okay, well, what, what's the reality? Nothing's ever simple in law. If you say, I, don't want, you, I want, don't want to hire you because you're a Christian, you can't do that. But if you say, I don't want to hire you because you have the following beliefs and attributes that I don't like, that's okay. But what if those beliefs and attributes are really directly to your faith? Well, again, it's not the faith that's causing you not to hire them. It's because of the things that they do as a result of their faith. Oh, you're ducking it, though. If they, they, oh, that's that's, if that's the law. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so so yeah, I can't, you can't say, no, I won't hire you because you're a Christian. You can't say, I won't hire you because your faith requires you to be anti-homosexual and, and uh, belief in creation science and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, not even requires, but you'd have to say, do you believe the following? Bang, okay. bang, bang, bang. I don't like these things, so you can't work okay. for Okay, but that, you could get away with that. Yeah, and, and one of the unfortunate parts is that, and this is something that Diane Haskett got into, is people trying to figure out where the boundaries of the law are come out with these different ideas. Her idea was this policy that she had to say that she wouldn't uh, have a bad day uh, in relation to sexuality, I think, um, sexual orientation and uh, hate, I think, was the mm -hmm. other one. Um, and people try and come up with these sort of technical distinctions, and I appreciate how, how unsatisfying that is. Uh, but again, uh, Bob had talked earlier about labeling, and the problem from the standpoint of the law is that it's like, well, as a matter of convenience, you got to call things something. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, they come up with this list here. The other thing is that the list is certainly not carved in stone. It, it's evolving all the time. If enough people think that, it, that their sexual orientation shouldn't be in there, then they can vote for a government that will take it out. I don't think any government will right now. Can either of you explain to me how this got before the tribunal so quickly? We, we keep hearing stories of people waiting two years and, and longer to get before the tribunal. Well, b by law, 
a tribunal has to reach its decision within 90 days. So most of the time the tribunals break the law. This time they almost stuck with it within their own prescribed Am I limit. wrong in thinking, though, that there will be people who have been waiting for a year or more? Oh, yeah. We waited. This has been going on for a couple of years, so remember, from the time it started. We waited two years for our decision, and by then so many things happen and so many other things go by in terms of deadlines and rights to countersue and things like that. But to answer your question, again, back to the... Uh, the employer hiring the, the, the yeah. person with the offensive comments. Um, I think it's his choice, and if there's a law in place that says he can't hire that person because of this reason, he's just not going to give that person that reason. That's as simple as it's mm -hmm. going to go, and that's as effective as a law can get. And because of that reason, the law is now seeking to become stronger and to assume discrimination and that's what it does it assumes discrimination based on things like statistics they'll walk into an employer and they'll say well you're not hiring x number of these these gender people or these this minority and therefore you are guilty of discrimination ipso facto that's it you're done just these statistics speak to it you know and, and i and i think that's the only way they can do something so disgusting and well, so Bob, let me ask you this so let's suppose that you're an individual who has legitimately been discriminated against you well, have been i'm an individual okay. i've been discriminated against and you think that uh, you deserve some redress for what's happened to you or some justice well, what happened to me nothing well, somebody didn't want to associate with me and if he doesn't i'd be insane to want to associate with them yeah, but, why, why would i want to be in a room with somebody who can't stand being around me the whole issue begs the logical, you know, what, what are what are people after here? They don't that's, want to that's associate a with thing, people. Though, to say that uh, again, you know, why would a black want to associate with somebody who doesn't like them? You know, and you take whole segments of society and say, well, these people wouldn't want to hang around with us anyway because we don't like them. You know, you just can't run a society on that basis. At some point, we have to well, say there are certain things that you here. just shouldn't be able to say. I don't like you because of. Uh, well, this is the list. What do you got? Race, creed, color, well, I can gender, tell you, sexual I can tell you age. a lot of reasons that I discriminate against people that aren't illegal. Yes. But I still would not say it to people because, you know, I'm sorry you got bad breath, you stink, whatever else. I don't want to be in the room with you. You're going to be polite, you know, because you respect the other person. But, for example, one, the example you gave, Jim, about uh, the, the black radio station mm -hmm. hiring a black uh, announcer rather than the white. I think that's perfectly within their rights. But it's not because they have black rights. It's because they have individual rights, just like you and I. Sure, it's not because if you were black and right. not being hired by white well, well, see, It's not black rights. It's but the aren't right you, not to be aren't discriminated you now, on the basis of what color you are, whether well, it's black, white, or whatever. Well, you just supported a discrimination on the basis of color. I'm just saying that it is perfectly okay for a black station to discriminate on the basis of color. You seem to, Do you agree you with to, that? You seem to misunderstand whether we're trying to prevent discrimination or cause it, and I understand that you think There's it no does causing. cause it. But I'll tell you, there was a heck of a lot exists. of it before the code exists. Discrimination and say that the code exists. came along and suddenly everything got screwed up. If things were going so well before, we wouldn't have got, had a code, there would be no need for it. People yeah, would be let polite let, to each other. Let me ask right. you this. You think the code's there to prevent some kind of discrimination? The code is there to give the government arbitrary power over our lives. That's the only reason it's there. It's not there well, the code to takes save away arbitrary power. They can't do things arbitrarily. You know, they have to do them pursuant to these laws. I went to the public hearings that they had on the Human Rights Commission called the Cornish Commission back about four or five years ago. And you know, most of the people that appeared before that commission were minorities who complained at how they were discriminated against by the Human Rights Commission. Hey, listen, if you want to talk about the commission and whether that. the commission has problems, it's got immense problems. Well, Delay, it's got, like I would never... Uh, in fact, it, it comes up in my work all the time. I never recommend that somebody go to the Human Rights Commission because they're so slow. It takes forever to get anything done. Are you not sort of suggesting, and you have suggested today, that it's been kind of a po that this commission has been kind of a positive thing because we've eliminated a lot of the prejudices we had before? Many of those, pre correct me if I'm wrong here, but for example, uh, 40 years ago, 45 years ago, if you went to the uh, the dance pavilion at Grand Bend, there was a sign at the wall 
saying something to the effect of Jews not allowed. Right. Jews not welcomed here. Um, south of the border, same, different country, same society. Mm -hmm. uh, Irish need not apply, famous phrase that pertained in the East Coast there for a number of years. Um, it, it, within my lifetime, there has been serious discrimination against Catholics in this country. Um, all of those, the society looked at and said, you know, this is neither healthy nor productive, and the society more or less voluntarily moved away from those restrictions. Why did we need the Human Rights Commission when society was already moving in that direction? Well, I guess that's one of the questions. It's a chicken and egg thing. There was obviously the civil rights movement in the 60s that got a lot of this stuff going, and it did change attitudes, and as well, uh, they brought in teeth and said, you know, there are certain things we're just not going to let you do. And, and we have a long ways to go still. I look at, uh, at judges, for instance, in this region. We've got 39 high court judges in this region, of whom one is a woman. Uh, you know, uh, look at lawyers in London. We've got so over 600 lawyers in town. Uh, there may be two who are visible minorities. And, and you know, that's a problem? What's, what's, what's the problem there, that we're not getting justice and that only, well, only what has a happened woman historically would be able to... is that a lot of people who are the most highly qualified were not hired because they were not white men. That's what has happened historically. And if you think that's not the case, then you're just ignoring our history. Well, I don't think that any sort of laws are going to change that if that's still the impetus. And well, we, we, we forget we that a lot of the imbalances in certain professions in certain places exist because of the choices that people make that do relate to their sexuality or race, but that are not caused by it, but, but there are choices they make. You'll find more women picking certain certain types of jobs and more men picking certain kinds of jobs. It's listen, if you don't think that historically women have had an extremely hard time becoming judges in this country... Well, listen, women weren't unplugged. even considered persons in Canada. <laughs> Until 1926, for heaven's sakes. Exactly. Well, uh, well, aren't they making some progress then? It's been less than a century. Well, there has, and uh, you know, uh, there's been immense progress since the 60s. And again, one of the questions is, I think that where the Human Rights Commission gets into trouble is that, first of all, there's a, a broad spectrum of people who don't like the Human Rights Commission, will do whatever they can to discredit them and make up whatever they can to say about them. But aside from that, there are cases where they're, they're highly publicized, where they go too far. Okay. Who made up what? I'd like to know what, what kind of stories have been but made But fundamentally, up. the question is, is the Human Rights Commission supposed to make sure that all of us don't discriminate against people, again, for no good reason? All you right. can discriminate for good reasons all over the place. Let's hold that if we can and we'll go back to the phones where Yvonne's waiting. Good morning, Yvonne. Hello there. Hi. I just had to call this morning. I couldn't stay in it anymore. Um, who was the gentleman? I think it was Jeff who said that he... Um, has, oh, he's been discriminated against all the time. He walks into a room, people don't want to associate with him, and, and it's no, no big deal. No, that wasn't me. No, that never happens no, that, to me. That was, <laughs> that was no Bob. No sweat off his back. I just said I was discrim I've been discriminated against. Right. You also said that, um, I think Jim said to you, well, no, what would you do if you felt you needed regress against this, this situation? You said, well, you know, what would I need to do? I mean, they don't want to associate with me, so, you know, no big deal. But I'd love to know how you'd feel if every time you went into a job interview, the people in the room chose not to associate with you for their own personal beliefs. And if that happened to you nine times out of ten every time you went for a job, I'd like to know if you felt you had any regrets then. Oh, I'd feel terrible. Oh, yes, but would you? What's the point? Wouldn't it be nice then to have some kind of forum to go to and be able to say... So um, I can feel better? Just for me, you're going to pass a law against other people so that I can feel okay? Or no, so that they no, can lie it's, to it's me as to why they will, will reject me? if it's happening to you... It's likely happening to a large group of other people as well, and that means that a whole section of society is being um, unfairly treated. And we do, need re we do need regress for that, and I think it's absolutely absurd and bar barbaric to suggest that we don't. Well, do, you, do you think the Human Rights Commission is the proper, uh, proper forum for that redress? Well... I actually, I tell you, I've, I've learned a little bit on your show. I mean, I, I'm not totally one-sided on this. Um, I didn't know that the Human Rights 
commission um, didn't use uh, what is it due process or whatever no, somebody said can't. earlier. How, how can you use due process to do something so unjust as to tell people they can't discriminate? Well, see, I don't agree with you that telling people work. they can't discriminate is, is entirely unjust because there are, there are ways that discrimination okay, is incredibly harmful. Yvonne, and we in our, Yvonne, in our society already have many, many, many laws in place to protect people against okay. other people's harmful Yvonne, I'd actions. like you to answer me a question. Okay, let's suppose you and I disagree on some fundamental thing, and I choose not to disagree with Mr. or not to associate with Mr. X for some reason that you disagree with. What would you have the law do to me? Well, first of all, like I said, um, I don't know that. For, okay, I'm not exactly sure what you're asking me. Well, what kind of penalty should I suffer? Right there, there is a time. difference. Discrimination is not all equal. There is a difference. There are some things, like you said, you know. Somebody said, you know, you want to pick a blue car, you want to pick a red car, whatever. Big deal. There are things that are a lot more harmful. If you're discriminating against somebody and it is, it is extremely harmful, your actions, then, then that is something that I would expect that you should have to have some kind of um, legal action. Well, but freedom of association, you don't have a right to associate with anyone else who doesn't want to associate with you. Can you imagine if I went up to some woman, I said, you must marry me, and the law says you must, whether you want to discriminate against me you or not. You are manipulating and twisting this so much. But I don't think it's, she's it's, suggesting it's that. Incredible. It's I really think she's suggesting that if she's the best qualified the candidate and she happens to be a woman, she should get the job. <laughs> well, but that's not the case. It's so funny because that's really not the case. It's not about walking up to a woman and saying, I want to marry you, you have to marry me. Although well, that I'm, does I'm happen in some countries. In fact, there are some countries exactly. where the way that men get their brides is to rape them. And then the family gives the gives mm -hmm. that man, the rapist, the bride because of the uh, so it wasn't that the shame they example, feel. Then, was it? Yvonne, let me ask you a question, though. In terms of this, this uh, discrimination, let's suppose that you had an, uh, an extra room in your house. Mm -hmm. or No, an apartment in your house. And someone came to the door from an identifiable group socio-economic group to uh, which you were not a member mm -hmm. a group that uh, that had a reputation shall we say deservedly or otherwise perhaps for some criminal behavior and there's two or three groups out there from which we could choose so I won't name the one but uh, distinctive dress distinctive way of way of wearing their hair uh, let's say for the sake of uh, argument that they smell of some uh, unusual aroma that you associate with the illicit illicit use of drugs etc 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 but they're very definitely a member of a minority you don't want them in your apartment. Should you have the right to say, no, I don't want you here? Well, I, you would, do have that right right I now. would certainly hope that if I were making a decision about who I was going to let my room out to, that I would be able to choose somebody that I felt was safe. And if I were aware of some kind of past criminal record or current criminal activity, then I think that that is a, that is a definite... What if, what if you didn't have access to that, but, but the probabilities are in, in favor? And Jeff, you say she has that right. That individual can turn around as soon as she says, no, I don't want you here, for whatever reason she says, and right. go run to the Human Rights Commission and say, I was no. discriminated against because well, then I'm a I would hope that well, again, that's it would go before the Human Rights myths. Commission and that, <laughs> and that both sides would be heard. All right, thanks for the call, Yvonne. But just before we leave that... Yeah, why is, what do you mean that's not true? Well, it's not true. First of all, when you, when you uh, make your example, you say, for all these following reasons here, this is a reason why a person may not want to let them in. They smell of illicit substances. Um, they're associated with criminal behavior. All of those are perfectly legitimate reasons to, to deny someone. Although it says you can't refuse to house somebody just because of their color. You can't say, just because you're white, I'm not letting you in the door. However, there's never been a successful prosecution under the legislation for that because it takes two years, and most people can't wait two years to get the but apartment. That doesn't mean that there shouldn't be uh, a, a prosecution under that, though. Jeff? 
simply because it doesn't happen doesn't mean that it couldn't. I mean, it could, but, but it's again, not. it's important. People don't seem to distinguish between are you discriminating strictly based on color or is it because of other things? Because other things are perfectly okay. You can okay. discriminate all you want. We have to pause for a moment. We will continue with Left, Right, and Center. A message from the government of Ontario. Well, here's a message from the host of Talk of the Town. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Jeff and Bob for coming by again. A very lively one today, as always. We'll see you again next Wednesday. And we hope we will see you tomorrow for the next edition of Talk of the Town. We have a guest coming on who thinks that casinos are a very positive thing for our city. We haven't heard much from that side of the argument. We'll hear it tomorrow. Plus, all the regular stuff that happens on Talk of the Town. For Bob and Jeff and Don and Ryan, Jim Chapman saying take care of each other, mind how you go, and we'll see you tomorrow.